This is Work From Home, the podcast that helps you stay connected, productive and sane while working remotely. I'm Harry and you are not alone. Today you are joining a community of hundreds of remote workers thrust into their home offices during the the pandemic, during lockdown. Uh, And today we bring you another really interesting conversation from someone who is really experienced in working from home. This is Sean Meads Williams, Shani 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 on Twitters. And we talk today specifically about productivity and procrastination. Sean and I both have a lot of experience in both of those aspects of our working lives. Uh, and so hopefully uh, you enjoy this one. The concept of absenteeism is, has been massively on the rise over the last few years and I think has been exacerbated even more by remote work. And I think that that's basically what I'm trying to say is I think it's okay to, to like you said, you know, have lunch and play Mario Kart and watch Friends. And just, again, I think it comes down to listening to your brain and knowing when what you're doing is valuable. I'm aware of when I just need to get a first draft done and I do need to sit at my desk and plant myself down and just go write, just write a thousand words, just get them done. But I am such a huge believer in procrastination. I think it is a positive thing. Um, It's one of the reasons I run because usually by the time I've come back from my run, I've finished finished an issue that I was having with an article or I've got a fresh idea. But I think just having the opportunity to let your mind wander is a really valuable thing. And it's it doesn't mean that you're not working. Sitting and thinking is genuinely work. And I think we've got to be able to do that. We aren't productivity machines. And you'd have a brainstorming meeting if you were working in an office. You would go to someone's desk and you'd flesh something out. You'd throw an idea around. And without that, we've kind of got to be trusted to do that ourselves. And that time is so valuable. I think I spend more time thinking and researching and playing about with ideas than I do writing. I'm certain of it. Talk to me about social media. You're a pretty active Twitterer. How does social media kind of impact our our well-being? And, and is it, coming back to that water cooler idea, is it sort of a, a water cooler-esque experience? How, how do you experience Twitter and social media generally? It's Social media is, for me, a brilliant community space. For me, it's social. Genuinely, as I, I feel positively about it, despite all of the negative stuff that you find on Twitter, which Twitter needs to get rid of the Nazis. It's very simple. But it's also a place where I share and chat to like-minded people, and I value that. Um, I talk to a lot of editors. As a writer, being on Twitter has been so useful. A lot of my very, very good commissions and jobs have come from being on Twitter. I don't think I've ever had that same experience with another social media platform. But it's also a massive procrastination tool for me. But on the flip side, it's where I do a lot of research for the jobs newsletter. Um, Sharing calls for pitches on social media is so common these days. And I think it's also changed a lot for me since I got a large following. Um, And that's something that I've really wrestled with. I think Twitter stops being fun, in inverted commas, around 7,000 followers, certainly for women. That's incredibly specific. Um, <laughs> it's, t- tell me about that. Why? 
perhaps this is a female only issue um but i suspect i suspect it's more of an issue for women on twitter you become a prominent figure after a while no matter how small your following is after that i think i i have about 14,000 followers something like that and you are broadcasting when you have that many you're not having a chat you have an audience and that audience then ex- has certain expectations and puts those expectations on you and it gets aggressive and intimidating and i can totally understand why some people decide that they've had enough of that platform when that happens and i do i think that happens to women more than it does men i think it happens to women with a voice and a large following and it's difficult and it happens a lot in the media but as a platform and as a way to chat to people and share photos of my very brilliant little kitten i think it's great and it it brings me more joy than not at the moment that's good that's refreshing to hear cuz it's very easy to my experience is not always such a positive one and uh and i think a lot of the story is about the negative side of social media and how we should be staying off it and not using it and all the rest of it. But I think if used properly, it's it's a really good platform. I agree with you. Twitter specifically is a really tricky one in terms of, you know, even me with my meager 350 followers, it's incredibly easy to get picked up. If you get something wrong on Twitter, you're told about it. I can imagine that once you reach the stage of, yeah, five, seven, 10,000 followers and, and above, you don't even that have to get of, anything um, wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, that's what I mean. So everything is scrutinized, isn't it? To a, to a degree, like there's something about Twitter specifically as well. Like it's just, it, that's something about that platform where this, this sort of need to find fault in what's happening. If you're, if you're worried about trolls, it could be a, a, a dangerous place to hang out. It's That said, I think cancel culture is something that everyone's talking about so much at the moment and I'm I am wary of it because I don't believe that cancel culture is necessarily a thing I think it's people being held to account and that should happen I am conscious of how the discussions on Twitter have changed and I remember it back in the day when you would tweet who's around for a pint and you'd meet three people in the pub an hour later wow and I just, I can't do that now. (laughs) It's not Twitter. It's not Twitter anymore and it's changed (laughs) and it's evolved and it's become something else entirely. But I, I really miss meeting three of my pals in the grapes or the gun makers and just having a couple of beers because we were at a loose end. I think I still have that fondness for it because of the relationships and the friendships that I garner through that. Even now, my husband isn't a big Twitter user and he will be meeting someone. Do you remember when we could go out and meet people? That was fun. We'd be going to a birthday party. It's like, whose party is this? How do you know this person? We met on the internet. It's always the internet. (laughs) He doesn't understand that. That as a concept. Um, Yeah that I decided to go into business with someone that I'd never met in real life is totally alien to him. We did meet then and it was fine. Um, But we decided before we'd actually met properly just because of the internet. 
Well, I think there's, that's going to happen a lot more now. I think there'll be a lot of a lot of businesses, a lot of partnerships started up with, with people that we'd never met. Uh, it's going to just definitely be a thing at the moment. It's because I do believe that those connections are genuine. Those friendships that you form yeah. on social media are. And if we're saying that they aren't, and there's always that argument, then we need to question the point of any social media and why we've called it social media because it is it is sociable and those connections hold value and the little people inside my phone are my friends and that makes me sound like <laughs> such a dweeb but I know them and I know their lives and no, but, it, but it's not it, it's like it used to be something that made you sound like a dweeb in 2010 <laughs> or whatever but like now it's normal. Everyone hangs out with their, you know, Instagram buddies or whatever. Yeah. Virtually. And, and you know them and you know, you know their lives yeah. and we know a curated part of someone's life. But when you break that down, I think relationships change. And when the interesting thing is for me, it's when I always feel like when you know someone has stopped being just a social media friend and has become a friend is when you go for drinks or dinner with them. And we can't do that at the moment, which is really yeah, unusual. You can't um, take it to that next level. <laughs> I'm having really lovely conversations with my friends Emma and Alice and Anna, and I absolutely know that we'd have all gone for drinks if we'd be able to. And we've reached that point in our fun social media chats where we really want to go out and have a bottle of wine, and we can't do it. That's it for today. Thank you very much for listening. As always, would love it if you could share this episode with one person you think that might benefit from it. Uh, that would be amazing. And uh, why don't you follow me on Twitter? Go on, I dare you. My Twitter handle is at Podcast Harry. I'd love to chat to you there. All right, we'll be back in a couple of days' time. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>